Me and have a special. John chapter 3. Better turn the mic on. Linda Kay, Miss Linda Kay had me nervous, said it was on while I was singing. <laughs> the, tonight's message for, for you um, is just a thought that I had come to my mind as reading through this, and that is not of this world. Um, and it comes from 1 John 3 and verse 1. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. The world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you so much for your love that you've shown towards us. Dear Lord, thank you for your many blessings. Help us as we strive to move forward as a church. Dear Lord, forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. As I read this right here, verse three or chapter three, verse one, I thought this week as I'm looking at it, I thought, oh man, I'm talking about sons in the morning. Why are you bringing this back up in the same text I was planning on teaching Sunday night? Uh, but I think there's more to it here, and I want to take just a moment to talk about this. Uh, God's love for us is awesome, isn't it? And, and and just for a moment, if you all would humor me, we've done this several times before, and it, it's been a good while. Uh, but if you'd like to just talk about God's love, stand up and say something. Anybody? Uh, I, he loved me. I'll never know what. I love him. Yeah. Anybody else? Like to speak of God's love? I was also last Monday, Daniel, about that 25 year anniversary. 
Sit down. <laughs> Any others? Um, a while back, in 2006, I wrote a song, and the second verse talked about uh, the Israelites and how how they would forget what God had done for them so many times. And, I mean, He opened the Red Sea and let them walk over, and I couldn't get—I couldn't even think about how they could forget that. But then I think about every day what I do for God and, and how many times I forget what God has done for me. And uh, He loves us unconditionally, even though we, we stray every day. Anybody else? No, Trey, I think about it this morning that God knows who I am and He loves me still. Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Any others? Look, I'd like to stand up and say that I know the Lord loves me when He reached out and saved my soul. Yeah. And uh, He sent me to a good church and I really thank Him for it. Yeah. Any others? All right. Well, you're just going to have to listen to me. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Brother Trey, uh, our families went through a whole lot. We made people, you know, got to know everything about it. And our church is going through a whole lot, too. And it, it's sort of really amazing. Yep. Yep. Any others? I'll tell you one one verse that came to mind as I was thinking about God bestowing His love toward, towards us is in Romans eight. Romans eight and verse thirty five. Paul talks about it this way. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing in this world can separate us from the love of God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just an amazing truth that in our lives there is absolutely nothing that can take us away from the love of God? As I think about that and I think about what else John is going to say here, look at verse 2. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. There's coming a glorious day when when we have this relationship with God right now and, and we know that He loves us, but there is coming a day when I see Him face to face. What a day that will be. I think I think about on my wedding day, as as I'm getting there, I know that I love Laura, but then as she rounds the corner and starts coming down the aisle, what a glorious moment that was. 
where I could see the love of my life face to face. And I think about that and I think of that in light of this, that one day we will see Jesus face to face. And in verse 3 it says, And every man that hath this hope, where we have this hope, we're leaning on this hope, in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Over the last couple of weeks, we've talked in Galatians a lot about serving God, not out of obligation, but out of love. And this is exactly what First John is talking about. He's saying we have this great love for God. We have this, this great love for God and we know that one day we'll get to see Him face to face. And so let's start working now. Let's start this purification process. Let's start this looking like Christ right now on this earth. Then we move on and I want to read verses 4 through 8. It says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that ye, that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither knoweth him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Skip down to verse 10. It says, In this the children of God are manifested, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness, is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. We are known by what we do. That's really what all that bears down to. We are known by what we do. Okay? And, And yes, there's some... Seems to be some confusing scripture there about how if we're saved, we can't sin anymore. We know that's not true. Okay? Uh, I'm reminded of that daily, uh, that I have sin in me. But here's the, here's really going back and deriving this. This is what it is. Those who live in sin, those who actively practice sin, those are the ones that John's talking about. That's not of God. If you're living in sin, if you're practicing in sin uh, as a habitual practice, that's not of God. And, and, and what he says is, he says, there's a seed, uh, let no man deceive you that doeth righteous is righteous even as he is righteous. We need to start looking like Christ. And, and it, it also says, He came to take away our sins. Listen, that's the point we need to rely on. That Jesus came to take away our sins. That's that's what His purpose here was. Not so that we would be sinless, but before God, yes, we would be sinless. Right? How not... uh, And then John goes on and he... what, What I love about John is he's very practical. If we're going to start looking like God... And God's loved us so much, then we've got to love others. Okay? Look at this. It says, For this is the message 
that ye heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Verse 12, not as Cain, who was the wicked one and slew his brother and wherefore slew he him because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Whereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, that, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So starting off, and you know, some people, they explain things on this is how to do it. And then others of us learn better when we figure out this is not how to do it. Okay, right? You learn the hard way. How many of you have ever done that? Me? Yeah. Well, John here adds this example of Cain. And that's the how not to love. Right? He had this relationship with his brother. His, his brother offered a sacrifice to God. Wow, God accepts it. Cain offers his sacrifice. God doesn't accept it. And because of that jealousy, because of that hate, because of all that, Cain murders Abel. And, and what John is trying to bring out is that's not the kind of love we need. We don't need love when it's acceptable by our standard. And what I mean by that is a, a lot of times we, we love people that look like, act like, and resemble ourselves. And those people that annoy us, that get on our nerves, that, that we're jealous of, that we despise, it's often very hard to love those. Right? When they don't look like, act like, and speak like us, those people are kind of hard to love. And that's what, well, that's what John's pointing towards. And so how do we love? We read it in verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. How do we love? With everything we are. We love with everything we are. We, Jesus laid down his life for us so that we could have a relationship with God. He loved us and he is the perfect Example of what love is. Verse 17. But whoso hath the, whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? And what, what John says here is you see this brother, he's in need, he, he, he's poor, he doesn't have, uh, the financial standings or whatever, he's in need, and we just look at him and say, Ah, he'll be all right. That's not how we love people. We love people by by sacrificially uh, loving people, and that's that's the who Jesus was. That was the example in verse sixteen. But also, have, have you ever heard this? And this is this is a, I guess you would say a mantra that the world has. Well, Trey, I'm just going to follow my heart, right? I want to just follow my heart and what my heart leads me to. That John gets to that right here. 
Verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. The key here is verse 20. If our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9 says that our heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Right after that, it says the only one who can know it is God. And here in 1 John, it says, but God is greater than our hearts. We shouldn't be seeking out the will of our hearts. We should be seeking out God's will. And God's will is that we love one another. The next thing I want to talk to you about, and this is in closing in verse 23. It says, and this is the commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. A while ago I said that a lot of people, their mantra or their their uh, word or phrase that is repeated often to express someone's belief. That's what a mantra is. A lot of people say, well, I'll follow my heart. But the correct mantra is this. We should believe on the name of Son of Jesus Christ and love one another as He gave us commandment. We as Christians, that's our mantra. Once we're connected to the God who can love, the God who can love this old sinner, this, this person of, of, I think of Paul and how he said the chiefest of sinners. Paul, he felt as if he was a sinner above all sinners, but yet God still loved him. So we have to be connected to Christ to know that kind of love. And then when we're connected by believing in Jesus Christ, then we can love one another. Some of you think, well, Trey, that's really not my heart's desire. Well, that's God's desire. And that's the one that really matters. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation... It's hard to love some people. <laughs> and you get a couple of giggles at that because sometimes you, or you probably right now are thinking of somebody in your life that it's hard to love. But that's what God calls us to. And you know what? Loving people as a church puts lost people in a position to see Christ. And that's really what matters. What are we doing here as a church? If it's not pointing people towards Christ, we're not doing what we ought to do.